You're listening to a 1FM podcast. This is the AFL Opening Bounce with your hosts, JW, Statsman and The Bridge. 1FM, live and local sport. Welcome you to the Opening Bounce on your Friday evening. Thanking Ralph Whitehead for the last two and a half hours here at 1FM 98.5. Live and local. He played walk like an Egyptian when he was going around the world there just after four o'clock this afternoon. What a great song that was off the album Different Light for LA All Girl Group, The Bangles. Great music throughout the afternoon here at 1FM 98.5. Live and local. Well, we're in preliminary final weekend, of course, of the AFL penultimate round of season 2022. And Ralph Whitehead will be stretching out half an hour really soon after six o'clock. But I want to welcome to the microphones of 1FM 98.5 Live and Local. And there's a reason why I played that theme, but we'll get to that in a minute. Sydney to Bridge Asplin, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, good to be back again. Yeah, I was a bit seedy last week with a cold and... I'm almost over it, you could say. Um, but other than that, I've been to Sydney for the week and uh, done a, finished off a course I've been doing, termite course, So, and passed with flying colours. Oh, I, was pretty well ha- I was pretty happy. It was tough. It was, but I got through and then drove back and whatever. So, yeah, it's been a busy week. That voice you heard was the spoiler alert. Uh, the old crew's back in the building. Mark Owen's hosting, by the way, because Jason Asplin, I believe, is having a wedding anniversary celebration. He's taking his missus away up to the back of Echuca to some little cabin and probably going to have his way, I'd say. <laughs> oh, some things don't change and, here on a Friday night. And with that... How are you, Jason? Yeah, mate. Um, yes, yeah, like I said, some things just don't change on a Friday night. But, yeah, good on Jason and Kylie. Uh, what is it? Ten? No, it'd be coming up to 15 oh, years, I think. Probably would. It was, yeah. It was a plimmy final day or whatever yep. the Saints were playing. And yes. Whatever. But what year was it? Jeez. Yeah, I reckon it's about 15. Gee, the postie must be slow down Kyle way. <laughs> Oh, still waiting for the invite, Bridge. The invite. But, yeah, don't think that's coming. But uh, no, look, he's a great supporter of 1FM Live and Local, as has Kylie been across the journey, to be completely honest, or Smiley, as we love to call love her. To call her Smiley, yeah, yes. She's yeah. gorgeous. She is indeed. <laughs> and um, yeah, just look, I mean, the old crew's back together, the terrible threesome. I, I listen to you boys every single Friday night without fail. And I, look, I don't always catch the entire program because uh, when I've got it running on the TuneIn app on my phone or the Community Radio Plus app on my phone and I'm sitting at the dinner table with uh, the beautiful Dars, who's probably listening in right now uh, back at home just to make sure that I got here on time, uh, I'd get told to turn it down because right. she, she can't handle the arguing. <laughs> it happens every single week, and it's been happening for more than a decade. But, nah, look, in all seriousness, boys, uh, opportunity to say thank you guys for fronting up every single week without fail. And, uh, you know, you did it right throughout COVID, uh, right throughout one of the hardest uh, periods of time in any of our lives. And, you know, you, you kept a little bit of a, a joy and a bit of a laugh and a bit of a spark for people when, you know, there wasn't a great deal to be uh, positive about, uh, well, depending on how you looked at things. But, yeah, certainly uh, was a very tough time. And, 
Well, one thing's done a happened, great job. One thing's happened. Yes. Since after COVID or what, pre, after COVID is footy's back at the MCG and the crowds are back. They the are. The crowds have been amazing and the games, mm. this has got to be one of the best final series of football. Yeah, but what about the cardboard cutout, Sydney? They've been left out in the cold. They carried... <laughs> The banner for out COVID, yes. and now they're just being cast asunder. Right. They're on they're on the streets of the SCG outside there in their little, you know, hovels, uh, copping the wind and the rain. You're right. But what about the cut the cutouts? So like, they just... only lasted a week. Stats man, what are you on about? Oh, we've hey? seen them around. Oh, Look, how bad was the cardboard cutout yeah, of ordinary. Clarkson? Yes, at the last game that the Ruse played when he first became coach, he didn't get there, but his cardboard cutout did. Okay, apparently. Oh, he was. It was seen. Now, boys, just want to thank... There's something about that. I'll tell just you want to thank the BP, North End of Shepherd and yes. Patentina as well on this Friday evening. I was yes. in there the other day getting a bit of fuel and Joe wasn't very impressed with the, the selection of the well, Melbourne team. Right. Really? Yeah. Okay. He said, we had five injuries. Why have we played five injured players? Yes. And it was a good question. Who were the players that were injured in his mind's eye? And Petrucca. Um, I'm not sure who the other three were, but I, I reckon Petrucca was probably their best player. And Gorn wasn't, it, wasn't bad either. Gorn was quite good. So, you know, you, you, that's one of the things that has been pinged at Melbourne is they have not given enough others a chance to find out whether they're good enough to come into that team. Yeah, look, I mean, disappointing for Melbourne. Uh, Spoken to a few of their supporters uh, across the week and, you know, they sort of put it down to... uh, I think they sort of lost a little bit of belief there when they went through a bit of a form slump. And to be honest, I must say, I thought they turned it around up at the Gabba. I think it was in round 23. Three. Last game of the round. Yep. yep, yep. And I just thought, look out, final series. The real Melbourne has just arrived on the scene. And, you know, uh, I mean, for Brisbane to turn it around the way that they did, but I know this isn't about Brisbane. We'll talk a lot more about them, obviously, throughout the program. But in terms of the Ds and, uh, yeah, look, the... They, they put it down to a number of things. Some think that they just didn't quite have the hunger. Now, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't feel... The, prob- the problem with Melbourne is... is and yes. it's, been, it was the, it's been their problem all the way along as a dysfunction between their backs, mids, and their, they don't talk to their forwards properly. All right? Their forwards don't function properly. When they won the grand final, it wasn't the forwards that won them that grand final. It was Oliver and Petrucca coming out of that midfield and bombing goals and, and whatever. That's what won in the grand final. Well, well sort of, Sydney. A, a lot of saying that Angus Brayshaw in that premiership year, he was used on a wing, okay? Yes. So he was the connector on the wing that, of course, May and Lever got it to, and then he'd go inside forward 50 on his own. Now, since he's gone into the midfield, what people are saying is that... He hasn't, he hasn't got the time and space, and he gets a lot of the footy, but his delivery has been a lot poorer since he's been in the midfield. All, all fair, yes, absolutely. But that still doesn't get over the fact that their midfield doesn't, their forward line doesn't function. Well, that's one of the reasons, because Angus Brayshaw, time and space, will hit a target every time. But when the heat comes on him, and they've had him, for want of a better term, in the guts in the midfield... 
Well, that, he, uh, he's, his possession percentage efficiency has been down. Well, that that comes back to his new contract. Part of it, the deal he wanted to leave was because he wasn't getting enough midfield time. And and the demand was, if either you give me more midfield time or I'm not going to sign a new contract. I've signed a new contract. From then on, he's played midfield. Yep. What about Luke Jackson? Well, look, he's got potential, but he's not a forward. And he's not committed in the ruck either. What is he? Well, I think he's just a kid still trying to find his way. But if I was a club, I certainly wouldn't be offering him a million dollars a year. Well, he's heading back to Perth. Theory? No, he is. No, he's nominated. It's, it's he's ha- going. Yeah, but they've still got to do a deal for him. He's a, he's a pick three that has huge upside yet. So whatever they're going to have to give to Melbourne to get that deal across the line is a lot. Hey, boys, uh, I said that I'd touch on it just when you mentioned Alistair Clarkson. Don't know whether or not you boys picked it up, but just a little sort of nugget that come by way actually uh, yesterday uh, from uh, Paul from Preston, actually. G'day, Paul, if you're listening in on this Friday evening. Uh, Alistair Clarkson is still owed, I believe the figure's 450000 uh, from Hawthorne. Yep. And they're refusing to pay it out because he has been... <laughs> that's why I asked you about the cardboard cutout. I thought you were actually... No, no. no yeah, that's fitting. Well, the yep. <laughs> funny thing is that the Hawthorne Footy Club's actually saying to Alistair Clarkson, uh, you're in breach of your current contract with us because you've been seen wearing a North Melbourne polo uh, and taking media uh, presses in North Melbourne attire when you're still actually contracted by the Hawks. Well, he was contracted for one extra year and they laid him off and, and in, uh, the word was it was a million dollars in his pocket. Uh, but he had to not be involved in football for a year. Is that fair? fair? Well, look, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about it, but I've just got to say on that, that is... Absolutely horrendous, in my uh, in my opinion, by the Hawthorne Footy Club. I mean, here's a bloke that look. Don't get me wrong; I'm a massive supporter of Sam Mitchell, and I, and I like the direction. Although it's you know hard at this point in time uh, that the club is moving, and and I think that you know they they needed some fresh ideas, a fresh voice, and I think he'll be fantastic at North Melbourne. Uh, you know, thank goodness uh, he didn't go to. Essendon, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just been yeah, disgrace. that would have been a tough one to take for a Hawthorne supporter. Uh, but going to North Melbourne, that's all good and proper. But in terms of the way the club is handling this situation, I've got to just speak out and say, you know what? Like, it wasn't his decision to leave the club. No, it was they, they pushed him out, yeah. right? So don't don't go money grabbing and. You know, denying a man of his, you know, fair dues because all they're doing is penny pinching and just trying to rip the bloke off. And damaging their own brand oh, in, the, in the process. It, well, I can tell you now, I'm, oh, I'm a member and have been for many, many years. We do and, feel and, sorry for you. Why is that? <laughs> because they're penny pinchers. They've got no money, the Hawks, obviously. Well, mate, yeah, that's, that's what... I just... Yeah, you know, just smacks of that, you know, corporate world where they there's no sort of care about any individual. And don't get me wrong, like Alistair Clarkson's obviously got plenty of money, 
probably doesn't need the 450000 but that's not the point. The point is, irrespective of you know what what's happened now, the club at the start of the year, and there was even talk at some point about the possibility of him staying at the club as uh, a mentor for Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell, similarly to what's happened at other clubs, but they decided that was not the direction... You know, they wanted to move. So then, obviously, he's been, you know, out gallivanting the world um, mm. ever since. And, and so he should after having, you know, had such a long stint in the game for a period of time. And, you know, his name's been, you know, bandied around as a potential suitor for multiple clubs across this season. I've, I've heard you boys probably time to four or five different clubs. I've heard you talk, time to the Gold Coast, the GWS, Essendon, North. What other club was there that you were... Adelaide, Port Adelaide. Uh, yes, yep, that's another one. <coughs> so, uh, you know, the the future Tassie team, did I say the Gold Coast? Probably yep, did. did. Yep. You know, but anyway, if you're listening in, anyone from the Hawthorne Footy Club right now, give him his money and please Move don't, on. don't make us look like this. Especially if, uh, if you, wait, let's say we go down the line a couple of years and Mitchell's not successful. The, the, that's a big egg in the face of Hawthorne if they continue to harass their ex-coach, who they pushed out. So I don't think they've got a leg to stand on Hawthorne. Move on and, you know, worry about your, the coach you've got now. You chose him and you better hope that he comes good. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of egg on the face of Hawthorne committee. Oh, look, I don't think that there's any issue around that. I, I think that it, Sam look, Mitchell's definitely the right person uh, he's had one of the greatest apprenticeships you know under under adam simpson over at the west coast eagles and then obviously only for a three year years there. under only yeah but he still he spent three years under clarkson so yeah, that's not a lot of time becoming to be a senior coach these days like back in the day brassy or whatever they were, there was captain coaches and whatever else but those days are long gone in the afl now, has he got the experience? Can he bring that team on? We all know that great coaches have great teams or create great teams. He has the opportunity to do that. I, and we've spoke about this as well, that I think the Hawks have made mistakes over the last couple of years in not trading out the Mitchells or whatever of the world. Okay? Now they want to trade Mitchell, but it's too late. His commodity, his value has gone down the drain. And if they get anything for Mitchell now, it's going to be a third, fourth round pick. Yeah, well, I actually don't think that's actually driven by Hawthorne. I think that's driven by Mitchell. Mate, mate, whatever. But Hawthorne had the opportunity to... I I agree with you. ...to have traded him and... I was saying it two seasons ago. Exactly, exactly. So they've chosen to keep that experience. The problem is that he's never going to be part of their next premiership. And yet... They've held him in the list. They should have grabbed another couple of young kids there that they could have brought in with the picks from him well, to have brought through at the same time. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what he's like uh, off the field, to be honest, uh, wh- whether he's a really good leader. And and that, that to me, has uh, a lot more value than just what they're doing sort oh, of on field. Yeah. He's, you know, regularly our highest possession getter on a weekly basis and... You know, it goes in hard uh, to every single contest. There's yeah, but he racks those possessions up in a phone booth. 
Well, and the ball goes around the phone. Yeah, booth. that's he can. He the can year he times. won the Brownlow, though, yeah. he was damaging that year. He yeah. create it was a different Mitchell, mm. and after his broken leg, he's come back and he's the he's the original Mitchell. Yeah, he's, he's a not distributor. Brown, yeah, he, he, well, he's much like Sammy Mitchell, sort of was, you know, yeah. just in and under. But he's so, he's so still he, right up there in terms of his contested ball. But look. The but is he a is, Hodge? The question is, is he a Hodge? Like, I think this run no, from Brisbane yes. now is off the back of having Hodge come there after the Hawks. Yep. And he controlled that back line and now he's retired. But they learned so much from him. Are they going to learn so much from Mitchell? Well, look, I mean, they're an extremely young group and they need some leadership there. So, you know, that, I think, is worth its weight in gold. Um, if he wants to go... Well, I'm not quite sure. As you said, like the commodity there, if you were looking for value, you know, the time's probably potentially passed for that. He's, what, 28, 29 years old now. At least. Yep. So, yeah, look. What club if he stays would, what or club goes, would he have I'm an advantage sure. to? Let's have a look at that area. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, who would he help? Would he help Essendon? Probably. Well, what I'm hearing is Collingwood. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. How can Collingwood fit everybody in? How, like they've gone after, you know, they've got three or four going to them. They've got Mistay going to them. They've got, um, who is it? Bobby Lob. Hill from... Is Lob going? No, he's going to the Bulldogs. Yep. He's going to the yep. Bo- Bobby Hill go, from GWS. Yes. They yep. want Tanner Brune as well, don't they? Although now he may be going to the Cats. Yep. Uh, there's a couple of others that are still talking about going to Collingwood. Hmm. I, I'm not but, sure that they're going to help. it's one thing to talk about at Sydney, then it's another thing to affect it. Yeah, sure. that's right. Exactly. Absolutely. It's, it's all talk at this Who point Who else would Mitchell fit into that? Who else would well, he assist to take to that next step? Yeah, interesting question. Like, uh, I don't think he'd help the Saints because he's no faster it, than any of no, the Saints it, have got. It, look, he's, he's The got Bulldogs to, don't need him. He's got to go. If he was going to go to a side, it'd be a side that's uh, still in the window at this point in time. And? So, look, potentially even a St Kilda. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't assist St Kilda. I think he would. J- like help Jack got, Steele in the middle. He's got no more pace than any of the Saints ones. But he's a distributor. He wins the hard footy. Mm, yeah, but uh, and oh, who gee, else I, does it? Who else does oh, no, that? I, it's hard to it's it's hard to say off the back of yeah. one game I saw this year live, mm. and I went down to the Richmond game where Hawthorne were quite ordinary. But oh gee, I I just I just thought he ran around in circles and. Like, didn't gain any meterage, and yeah. yeah I, well, look, I, he's won a Brownlow medal, mate. Yeah, so I, well, look. I'm not a rap for Brownlow medal. I've sort of gone away from that even being the best and fairest anyway, so I don't rate Brownlow medals of the current era. That's fair enough. Oh, look, he's a great footballer, and he's been an excellent servant, not only to the Hawthorne Footy Club, but also to the game of AFL. And, you know, I watch him on a weekly basis, Mark, so... I can vouch for the fact that he's a good player. Let me assure you. I he's agree in the, he's, he has been He's in the top player. 20 in the comp. He has been a good player, but he's not... He's the, be, the best is past him is where I'm at. Oh, for sure. So if Don't he, disagree. If, if he's a builder of young talent around him, mm. then, okay, That's stay right, at Hawthorne. That's if what is, I'm saying. But I have my but doubts that he is that. I can't speak to that. Well... Well, we we know, don't you, see the signs of it. We don't hear nah, little mentions right. of it. We don't exactly. hear yep. that he's working with the u- mm. new kids coming in. We don't hear any nah, of that that's out right. of there. True. So if that's the case, he's yeah. tra- Hawthorne should have traded him two years ago. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I think he's a, a fairly uh, quiet-spoken sort of a person. Doesn't say a great mm. deal. Like, 
you know, very private, um, keeps to himself sort of thing. So he might not have that sort of extroverted personality where you don't see them, you know, at quarter time huddles get bought in by him, giving the midfield a rev up. You know, that just doesn't happen. You, no. You know, you, so you see, see James that, no. Sicily doing that. You see Ben McAvoy doing that. You see... We'll get to Brisbane again, as you say, yeah, in a bit that's of a while. Right. What about the Collingwood Freo game? What are your I, thoughts I, I, on Before that? you actually do go to that, we'll just tidy it up with Melbourne and Brisbane because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just going to go all over the yes, shop. Yes, please. Um, so, <laughs> like, just on Brisbane, I was about to say, before we go to a sponsor's break, come out the other side, then have a look at the... Uh, of course, Fremantle-Collingwood game at the MCG Saturday night. Great call by the NIRS, by the way. Your thoughts on Brisbane. Was it a case that Melbourne didn't take their chances early and Brisbane just uh, took toll in the second half? Or do you rate Brisbane now? Are they a chance tonight? I don't think they're a chance tonight, no. I'll say that out, outright. I don't think they are. Good what recent they... record against Geelong? Yes, they do. What they did against Melbourne is they ground them down. It wasn't a, like that third quarter was a pretty good quarter for Brisbane. But then Melbourne had their chances. But they kept grinding away and just ground Melbourne in the dirt. And Melbourne never had the opportunities or never took the opportunities they had from that forward line being dysfunctional. It's as simple as that. It just speaks volumes to momentum in, in, in footy. And, you know, look... Winning form's good form, and what they were able to do up there, which again was a, a massive turnaround. That they went into that game against, against Richmond. Richmond as underdogs, big underdogs, and, and, yeah. and so they should have off the back of their, you know, poor form heading into the last bit of the year. But at the first bit of the year, I would have put, well, I don't bet, but if I was a betting man, I would have probably put money on it being a Brisbane-Geelong grand final. I was on oh, Brisbane I all year. I, I thought right. they were up there. But Absolutely. that last five or six weeks yeah, of the year, I dropped Yeah, they fell away. I don't... And I I'm not quite... sure. I'm, I'm not back on the bandwagon yet. Yeah, rightio. Well, look, from what I've seen the last couple of weeks and just, you know, when you hear interviews with the players, you know, they've got this belief in themselves now. They've come to the MCG. They've done it. They've overcome a massive hoodoo there. I think that was their first win at the MCG in eight years. More. Can you believe that? 2014, yeah. Yep, well, that's eight years. So 17 tries, I think it was, uh, since their last win there. So they've shaken that monkey off their back. They believe in themselves. They've got an absolutely elite midfield. Uh, Yeah, look, Melbourne just, I don't know. They, They just... They, they lacked functionality, didn't yeah. they? They they really did. And I think a really big turning point in the game for mine was uh, when Jared Berry actually on Clayton Oliver there. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great th- look. And he was obviously brought in front of the tribunal. And, and should have been suspended each other. and should have stayed suspended. That's okay, a well, that's, that's your opinion. That he's, yeah, we'll argue that in a minute. Yeah, yep, that, that, that he scratched the face of Clayton Oliver. But, you know, that... Aggression, that pressure, uh, their second half of pressure was the highest recorded for this season of any side. So whatever Fagan said to them at halftime has completely, you know, uh, fizzed them up. And look, to their credit, they were able to get over the Ds. And I do feel sorry for the Melbourne supporters because I would have loved for them after what they've been through for decades and decades to be able to see... 
you know, their beloved demons uh, on the MCG in a grand final. Uh, it's not going to happen this year. They're still 100% in the window. Um, so they've got to fix whatever it is that's been well, you know, plaguing get... them since uh, mid-year. The but question uh, marks oh, have got oh, to come over their key forwards. I'm, that, a, I'm a believer. I think Brisbane well, are I a show they, tonight. I thought they actually won it before the game when Danaher had to stay home, what I believe was for the... His baby. But his baby. Birth, his child, yeah. They looked better in the forward line. They didn't look as top-heavy, and they looked very dangerous at ground level. Brisbane. Inside forward 50. Yeah, well, Charlie Cameron was unreal, wasn't he? He had a Cyril Rioli-like game where he's had the eight or nine touches, but he's kicked the four goals. And, you know, the impact players like that, and then back up the other end, you know, the impact players for Melbourne just didn't quite... Well, they didn't jag the, the goals. They didn't That's jag, right. They didn't they, they the didn't. goals. And, and that... What was the actual oh, score at the After end? quarter time, I, I was thinking, this is going to be another 60, 80-point drubbing. Is the, it, the score was uh, Brisbane 14, 8, 92 to Melbourne's 11, 13, 79. 11, 13, and they kicked a couple of goals late to bring that back in a little bit. But it was a lot of goals that they left on the table, Melbourne. All right, we might leave that game there. Go to a sponsor's break, come out the other side. We'll have a look at this big game Saturday night, Collingwood Fremantle, uh, with Collingwood winning at the MCG. Pat and Tina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service, delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. Welcome back to the opening bounce here at 1FM 98.5. That was Lizzo, Lizzo Detroit artist off the uh, album special, came out this year, dominating the FM networks as I speak. Uh, song about damn time. Google it. Ripping, ripping number is going viral. I know Sydney Asplund has got that album special uh, in his collection at home, Sydney. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not. No. Now, boys, no. Collingwood yes. took on Fremantle at the MCG under the Saturday Night Lights, and Collingwood in the end, 11-13-79 to Fremantle's 9-5-51. Collingwood by 23 at quarter time, 28 at the half, 32 at three-quarter time. Now, they only won by 20 in the end, but it really felt like a nine-goal win. It was, except for the bad kicking. Um, Collingwood wasted a lot of opportunities there in that second, third and even fourth quarter that Collingwood should have kicked goals and it, well, then it would have been a non-goal win. If they'd have kicked anywhere near straight, it was a non-goal win. If, on the ground, I'm looking at it, I would have thought it was a non-goal win too. And I think the only other uh, issue there was that um, Fredericks kicked a couple of junk time goals there. That was probably, I don't know, seven minutes left to mm. go in the game, and he kicked two in about two minutes. Uh, and that <clears throat> probably, yeah, was a flattering scoreline. 100% agree with that. Collingwood never looked, looked like likely. losing, did no, they? They no. didn't. They didn't that game there. And look, I really uh, question Longmuir's uh, game plan uh, that night. I mean, the, the uh, rights to play in a prelim final are on offer and every single time they gained possession on the half-back flank, they continued to take it long and wide up the line. They just never wanted to take it through the corridor or switch to the fat side with a loose player. And 
I mean, that just made it so easy for the likes of Crisp, who I thought was sensational on the night. Darcy Moore had a really good night. Maynard, the usual suspects down back for Collingwood. Even Noble, I thought his game was uh, reasonably good as well, Statsy. And then, yeah, look, the forwards uh, certainly did enough for Collingwood without you know doing anything crazy on the night. I think Ginevan kicked three, Ali had a couple, and Meyer checked to as well but look you know I think the season's got to be a massive tick for Fremantle maybe disappointing that they couldn't quite finish it off but my feeling watching Fremantle this year was they overachieved a bit from where I certainly predicted that they would finish this year I mean they were genuine chance to finish top four and if it wasn't for a poor finish to the year, they could have even finished in the top two. So, look, they'd be disappointed, but I don't think that they should, you know, hang their heads too low. Uh, if Brocky's listening in, I know that he is. Uh, pretty sure every, he would be. every single Friday night. G'day to you, Brocky. Um, yeah, look, I spoke I, to Brocky. I just, yeah, I, I think in that situation, there is no tomorrow. You've got to take the game on. They didn't. Collingwood were all over them, and they're in a prelim. Well, they a bit like deers in the headlights and had played their final a week before. I, I thought they were in the game the week before. They were they were terrible, you know, like really. Bulldogs come out and were 40 or 50 points up, and I sent a message to Brock. I said, have your boys got off the bus yet? I, I don't know. And, and against Collingwood, I sent the message, your boys got off the bus yet? And Brock said, yeah, yeah, we'll be right. We'll be there. And they weren't that far behind. But it was their game style was terrible. Collingwood's pressure was outstanding. Don't yeah, take away from yeah. the fact that 100%, Collingwood... Yep. I, I thought Collingwood played a, a, an absolute cracker of a game. Yep. They were all over him like a rash. Mm. And they did not allow the Fremantle that, the ability to cross sideways. Even if they wanted to, Collingwood knocked that out of them early and they just weren't able to get their game style going. 100%. And that's Collingwood's good play. Well, that, that, that's right, Bridge. And with that pressure comes then... Obviously, the it makes it much more difficult to execute your skills, doesn't yep. it? And we saw a number of, well, uncharacteristic skill errors from Fremantle on the night, I thought, like considering... Yeah, I think there was a lot of that was... The pressure was there. And that's it what became, I'm saying. Then it became perceived pressure. Yeah, yeah. And once you're at that point, then you're a deer in the headlights, as Statsy said. Yeah, 100%. That, and that's what happened on the night. I, I reckon Collingwood, though... Yeah. Look, I'm impressed with them. I'm, I'm, I'm loving them. I'm hoping they win this weekend. I'm hoping they go on and play in the grand final. I'm hoping they win too. I'm on the Collingwood bandwagon, ladies and gentlemen. I, I must say, I'm sorry to everybody listening in to the, to the broadcast right now, but uh, I'm on the pies as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, look, and, and if my uh, former oh, in-laws are actually in not listening in right now, get a SCG now. They might as well not board the plane. Lenny and Glenda, uh, they might be listening in right now. I don't know. They might actually be um, up in Sydney uh, ready for the prelim final tomorrow night. I can guarantee you they'd be watching it if, if, if all things were equal. 
Uh, but they've actually just um, had uh, a new addition to the family, uh, a, a little grandson. So uh, congratulations uh, to Nick and his partner. But, yeah, they're just absolutely mad, one-eyed, South Swans. Melbourne, original South supporters. And, yeah, they, they'd be, uh, they wouldn't be too impressed with me saying that I'm on the Collingwood bandwagon. But like you, I mean, how can you not? Love what Collingwood have done this year. Yep, you, you, totally agree. Uh, I mean, the just the the it, and that that crazy run of just coming back from the absolute <laughs> depths of despair in you know seven or eight games. It wasn't just one or two. Uh, it, and I, I actually, you boys were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and you said that you know that's what great sides do. They just find a way to win. And that, surprisingly enough to us all, because it's such a young group, they shouldn't be where they are right now, but they are. And for that reason, they just find a way. And it's their pressure. It's their unrelenting attack on the ball. It's just their will to get it moving forward. You know that they don't. You don't often see Collingwood chipping it around, mucking around Not with like it. multiple handballs. You know through stoppages like the Western Bulldogs, for example. Uh, you know they just get the footy, they kick it long and direct. It, it, it's it's really simple footy that they play. It's off the back of Dugowie and Elliot, though. If those two don't chime in, it sort of falls over a little bit. Elliot's been terrific, and he hasn't had the injuries as he's has previous years. He's always had the talent, always been able to, but he's always copped a shoulder injury or this or that, which is very unfortunate for him. This year he's been great, and I love watching the ability he has. Like, he's a great mark for a little bloke. He's fast off the feet. He kicks straight as a rule. Like, I think he's a great little player, and I've been impressed with Dugowie. I like... I still think there's more out of to go. If it just needs more motivating to get, and then he becomes an absolute dinosaur in in that midfield. Right. Like he's to... big, he's strong, and he he just has to take on a bit more, like a, a, a you know, a charging through or, mm. and whatever. But he's been very good for Collingwood. He he does look a little nonchalant at times, doesn't he? Uh, like he's lacking a little bit of interest. But yeah, look. I know a player that many love to hate, but you've got to sit there and marvel at what he does. It, it's not quite Dustin Martin like when he was, no. you know, at his peak. But it has the potential. It has the potential. There's still a step to go for him to right. get to that. He's got that. He has definitely got the potential to turn a game on its head. So whatever it is, that additional motivation, maybe this will be it. Maybe the. Uh, offer of a grand final and to play on the biggest stage at the MCG in front of 100,000-plus fans, maybe that'll be the uh, additional I know he's not thinking he of it needs. at the moment, but he wants St Kilda to keep coming for him as far as his contract with Collingwood is concerned. Oh, don't make no, it about St Kilda. No, don't, I'm not. I'm making it yes, about Dugowie. If, if St Kilda keep coming at Dugowie oh. and offering him eight, nine hundred grand or whatever for four or five years, Collingwood want to keep him. So Collingwood are going to offer at least similar... Or at least that many years, so and, and it, Colin would be crazy to let him go. So you're purely. I think it's good for him, and he's. So I actually it's all about money for the Jason, going. you're going to fall over, oh. but I, I actually agree with Sydney on this one, because of his indiscretions. Oh. When he, you know, yep. mid year, is it Friday was, the thirteenth? No one, no one wanted a bar of him. 
No. And Collingwood you boys pulled have just away agreed. out of a contract and what? he had money on the table. That money is now back on the table. But it'll have to be a lot higher than it was for two reasons. Yeah. One, he's playing well. Mm. And two, he's got another club chasing him that's offering him more. It's not only that, but it, the off-field indiscretions, which... Yeah, oh, six look, months. Not even six months. Three or four months of being a good boy is not sure that he's going to stay well, that's a good it. boy. Like, yeah, but you got to continue. People but, have short memories, don't they? Yeah, you, look, it's got to continue, though. That's like, part oh, of it. hundred percent. Oh, that's I, I, right. I love Geordie Dugowie, but yep. he has to mature and grow up. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, who were the two players that? Apparently, there were two Collingwood players that had a car accident this morning. Yeah, there was. But Greedy was in that, and Carmichael. Uh, everybody's okay. Yes. Uh, there's no injuries, injuries or anything. They were going actually to the airport, I believe, uh, going to the game at the SCG. And uh, I believe that uh, all in sundry are okay. That's and great. Um, Yeah, and they're now on their way uh, Fantastic. to the SCG good, tomorrow Good to night. hear. Good to hear. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, so where like, do we go the, now, on, boys? On the, on the day, yep. I thought Collingwood were outstanding and Fremantle were a little lacking. But I think Fremantle is... At, at the start of their, you know, they're at nine o'clock on the on the grand final clock. They've still got another couple of hours to go to get to the the real big thing, Frio. Oh, the, for sure. Their, their problem is is their midfield, uh, not their midfield. I mean, their forward line, mm. especially if they lose Lob, mm. because Tarrant is um, what's his name? Their big forward is not Darcy. No, the, the forward that's always injured. Tabena. Uh, Tabena. He can when he's on, he can play okay. Yep. But you can't build a side around a guy that's only there half the time because he's injured. Either he's soft or he's just got a delicate body. But they've got to improve their, their forward line before they've got uh, that extra step or two to go. I like Matty Tabiner. Oh, oh, sure. He gets, he, gets, he gets his body right. But how often has he played this year when he was, yeah. when he was in needed? And out, in and out a bit. And they've just... Uh, unveiled this young fella, Jai Amiss. Amiss, yeah, he looks okay. He looks okay. He's pretty he? big too. Yeah, we big about boy, but needs day. to put a bit of size on and, sure. and will. Ha- but yeah. Have they failed it's as a, a franchise, though, Fremantle? Like, West Coast Eagles came into the competition, had a flag within five years. Yeah. Fremantle I'm, I'm never won say, a premiership. I'm going to say... And it's no. been over two decades. And they've played in one grand final. Yep. Yeah, look, I... Is oh, it a fail? Is look, it like oh, I know they made finals and everything, but call. overall, I mean, but in terms of yeah, look, if you're looking at it purely at silverware, then I guess so. But you know, the Fremantle Footy Club is, you know, I think they've got a really healthy membership. Their home games are very well frequented. Like it's not often at a Fremantle home game in Perth that you you know could sail the Titanic through. No, you know, Optus Stadium or whatever. When like, they came on the following. scene in the mid nineties, yep. would it be fair to say that the, the the you would have fought by now, looking into going into twenty twenty two, that maybe they would have got a premiership along well, the way. Look at the Gold Coast, they haven't even played finals. Yeah, but they've only been around a decade. The, how the, long has been around? 20, two decades. Yeah, twenty plus. The thing yeah. with Freo is, is they've spent the and first in another ten years, we'll be talking Gold Coast the same way, no doubt. I think yeah, with Freo, if they don't win a flag. I think yeah. with Freo, the problem is that they spent their first 10 years trying to stay alive in the, in the West, Co- West Australian thing because West Coast already had most of the true supporters and Freo had to fight to stay alive for that first 10 years or whatever. They made a grand final and didn't do well in that, went back down again and they fought back. So I, I don't think they're a failure club. They're not successful yet, 
but I don't think they're Silver a failure there. club. That's right. Yeah, no. I, I think it's a big... And they're still the little brother yeah. as against West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair to say. But fair I think they've got more potential to win a flag before West Coast does now. Well, you know, they so they should. Because West Coast have had a die year. And the the problem West Coast is is they yeah but they picked up a, a flag well, that's in right. 2018 so yeah. you know four like, years ago they won it that's right so but at the moment Freo mm. have gone the upside to West Coast oh for sure for sure it's all part of the cyclical nature of the game isn't it what we might do is we might go to a sponsors break yes Jason will we oh, do we want to talk about James Heard first um, that's what I was going to come back and get into the topics. Like I thought Excellent. I'd just round okay. out the prelims uh, from that. Come back and Sydney, do you actually want to have a bake or about the tribunal system? Or I, I will certainly have words over What we system. might do is we might go to a sponsor's break, come out the other side and we'll kick it off with uh, your bake and then we'll uh, get into some topics. How's that sound? Good. Pat and Tina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. Welcome back to the opening bounce, of course, hailing from Delaware, and they were the Destroyers, weren't they? Georgie Farragut in front of the Destroyers. What a great group they were. What a great artist. I know you got Georgie Farragut in your collection at home. Sydney, you probably even went to Lyric Music to saw some of his songs in the 80s. What's no. your bake this week, Sydney? What's your haircut? Well, I'm rather disappointed in something, Statsman. And I'm disappointed again and again and again in this AFL joke of a tribunal system. It is an absolute joke, ladies and gentlemen out there. Why do we bother having an MRP, whatever oh, it is? You said MRI. MRP. No, that's a medical <laughs> yeah. procedure. Well, it's a joke. He, he, MRP, it, match review panel. Match review panel is a what joke. what you meant, yes. He, he pulls things out that he, at times. Other times he says, oh, I'm not sure about that one. I'll send that straight to the tribunal. What's the point of going to the tribunal? The tribunal lets everybody off. They let all sorts of rubbish get them off in the tribunal. And if they don't get off there, then they go to the appeals tribunal and they get off there. The, the fact that this has been going on for a number of years and, and nobody knows what's right and what's wrong. We look at it. We look at Berry on the weekend. How he got off of that, I will never know. There was two instances within 30 seconds of him trying to eye gouge. And he gets off. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an absolute joke. And the AFL have to have a clear... Wipe this whole system out and start again because what it's doing now, it's bringing the AFL into disrepute and it all starts at the top and it works its way right down and nobody knows what's a suspendable incident, what's not suspendable. And even if it is suspendable, we'll go to the tribunal and we'll get off anyway. Do you even look at the arguments before you even come on air and actually sprout all this sort of stuff? Do you actually even have a look at the legal argument, the, uh, the witnesses that are brought before the tribunal? Uh, because, I mean... I, I'm sure if you had a went through it, you might have came away with slightly Stats, different views. Quite than frankly, that. no, because you know why? He did the deed. Any other time through the year, as they say, oh, yeah. Yeah, there were mitigating good. circumstances oh, in this case to this. Because we went to the tribunal, they gave him mitigating circumstances stats. That's a load of rubbish. That's what's no, wrong with the system. They gave him one week. They, they gave him one week. He got and then, off. And then he got off on appeal. Well, he shouldn't have got off on appeal. The fact is, that when you're suspended, you should stay suspended. 
He did not bring... What did he say? Oh, he was choking my neck. Oh, right. I gouged him because of that. The fact is, it goes down all year on... He not, not the claimed, incident, it's see, what happens. it was self-defence. Well, what yes. a joke. Well, I, t- I, t- I asked you to bake, Jason... Jason Aspland, who's obviously listening. And he's just messaged me in and he said, Oliver on top with elbow in his throat, self-defense. Th- that doesn't get you off eye gouging. Th- th- that's like you saying, oh, but he hit me first, Tom. I hit him back, but he hit me first. Does that have ever flown in the, in the league? No. That doesn't matter. Hang on, so is there a well, world a first p- happening here? Jason Aspland's yes. actually agreeing with what I'm saying. There, well, there's been two world firsts tonight. Isn't that unbelievable? So as far as I'm concerned, the AFL tribunal system is a joke oh, and needs look, to be tossed out. Mate. Uh, How I did ha- Cripps get off? No, listen. It's the same incident. I have to no, agree. No, 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 no. This is where I've got to take exception. There's no two incidences that are ever the same. Ever. No, I agree with you in that way. But the fact is he still did the deed and he went to the appeals board and whatever else and got off and played in the final because of it. Yeah. What a joke. There's no... Look, did the com- did the Brisbane player keep playing? No, no, he sat out for three weeks because he got smashed. Yes, well, that's right. But what? Look, he didn't play in a final. He played against Collingwood, but in the final round to try and get him into the finals. But look, the reality of this, I can a hundred percent see your point, and I think that it is completely valid. We've spoken about this topic. For over a decade and on this done program, nothing about it. It's no, got that's worse. exactly right. But it's the consistency that makes it so frustrating because one and and look, I know it's hard to sort of be consistent when there are you know mitigating circumstances. There's all sorts of you know different situations and angles that you have to. Well, you don't you get know, much more mitigating than losing vision, and that's what Barry claimed that he actually lost his vision. What? So he sat on his throat for thirty seconds. He and sat he on his throat for five out, minutes. Obviously, yeah. Well, that's he, what he, he said he, in evidence here. Well, and I don't believe his evidence. Doctor Damien Artemo uh, from the Brisbane Princess Alexandra Hospital actually said uh, there was uh, an obstruction of the airway that does lead. To loss of vision. He should go and find a new job then. Well, you're not a doctor. You don't work no. at the Royal Brisbane no. or the Princess uh, Alexander. No, and neither Brisbane. should he if he comes up with that rubbish. Maybe you need to get an MRI. Well, he's, he he's, a an MRI. He's, a, he's actually a neurosurgeon, Sid. <laughs> I don't care. It, it, was, it, it was an incident that was done and over with within 30 seconds. I don't care if you choke me for 30 seconds. I'm still not going to black out from it. Give me a break here. Well... <laughs> yeah, I've been there, and, and, and it can happen. Move forward. Okay, the Essendon coaching merry-go-round continues. Uh, two uh, stalwarts of the club formally being interviewed during the week. James Hurd, it's been revealed, has been interviewed for the Essendon job. And today, or late yesterday, Dean Solomon, uh, of course, ex-Essendon midfielder, has been interviewed uh, as well, of course, current assistant at GWS. Have they interviewed Adam Uze? I I'm not so. sure. His I believe name, so. You believe so? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. His name's been bandied about as long with Don Pike but, and Brad Scott as well, but oh. I'm not sure if there's an interview process that's taken place with Uze. Well, yeah. Old turncoat Brad um, Scott has been, since he's gone to the AFL, he's changed his tune on tribunals and whatever else, hasn't he? Well... Yeah, let's all go oh, there. Go, let's go with Hurd. Oh, yeah, that oh. that's the one. That that's the that's the um, that's the 
the one that I guess is most polarizing for many people. Now, I've toyed with this in in my mind you know, over the last couple of weeks since it's been mentioned in the media. And look, the one thing that I'll, I'll say here is I've come to the conclusion myself that he served his time, he served his punishment, and we've got to accept that he's paid the price so we now look forward to the future okay, i agree so, i agree with so, you so, but is it too soon so that no I, I don't think it's too soon but what i would ask is in terms of what he can offer tactically what he can offer I mean, besides the whole romanticism of the membership saying, oh, you know, bring back Hurdy, bring back Hurdy. It's not what it's about. It's about who the best person for the job is. Now, again, I'm not an insider on this and I'm certainly not on the selection panel, which I think there's six people that they've got independent of the Essendon Footy Club to come in. Jordan Lewis is one of those and I heard him talking about this on the... Uh, on AFL 360 last night. Uh, and, and, of course, he wasn't able to say. He just said that um, James Hurd had interviewed very well. When I was going to Sydney two weeks ago, I drove drove there and I, and I was just flicking channels and I got on, I don't know what station it was, and it was a, a an interview done by James Hurd in 2014 or 15. Mm. And it went for about 40 minutes or so. It was a terrific in, interview. And I listened to what he had to say, um, and the basics of what he said was, I was too trusting of people that were in power. I had my job, I was doing my job, and other people were doing their job, but they weren't trustworthy enough. Okay, now let's move on to, to now. Did he do the right thing? We don't know. It's all, all in, as far as you said, is right, um, JW, it's history. What can he bring now? And that's the danger I have now. What has he done... In he was 2015 since he last coached. Mm. Okay, he's been in the box only in the last couple of months in GWS. The rest of the time he has not done any coaching, even as an assistant or whatever else. So to bring him back, I, I, I'm happy to forgive and say, right, oh, you made a mistake. Then I'm sure when he comes back this time, he's not going to make any big mistakes like that. No. He'll be fully, fully following it. My da- my worry is that he hasn't been in a coach's box. He hasn't been right up to date with the latest of things. Mm. I, I'm just not sure that's what Essendon need now, That because uh, uh, that's almost, you know, inexperience now bringing back into the box because they've gone through a couple of bumbling mistakes. They really need to bring in somebody this time that they and they've got to commit to the guy for five or six years or so, give him a proper chance and get out of his hair and let him do the job. Mm. Can Essendon do that? I don't know. And I think that's why Lyon walked away from the job. Well, the other thing that would come you know, with the job, whether you liked it or not, if you, James, heard, was an absolute media frenzy and they would just be all over your every single move. So, uh, I mean, this is a bloke that's had some pretty serious mental health issues off the back of you know, the supplement saga and, you know, anyone that sort of followed the story over the journey, he was in a pretty dark place for for quite some time. So uh, how is he going to be able to handle all of that sort of pressure as well? I think he's mad for putting his hand up. 
surely he doesn't need the money. I, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to right the wrongs, perhaps. Maybe yeah, he does. He's yeah. come out and said that. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he wants to sort of put it right. That's the like he sort of said that. Look, I can I can see him coaching again. Yeah, I'm just not sure of Essendon's the club he should go back to. And I'm not sure though that he will go back through the system again. Which for him, for, for mine, he would have to go and be an assistant at a couple of clubs for a couple of years or whatever to get right back into being coach and then get offered a job somewhere. And I'm just not sure he's going to do that. So, for me. I'd like to. I'd actually like to see him get the job. I, I think he'd be great. I like the way he went about it when he did it. And if you went to the, looked at the dream time at the G this year, the the support he got from the crowd that night was amazing. Mm. So the 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 Essendon people and whatever love him. Oh, the mm. faithful. Yeah, they, that's they, what they I'm love saying. Him, yeah. But is that the right thing for Essendon though? That's the question. Yeah. Well, remains to be seen, doesn't it? Good luck. Boys, uh, during the week it's been revealed should Collingwood or Geelong or both make the grand final, that they're going to snub the Brownlow. They're not going to go because of protocol concerns. The well, two, the last couple of years, yeah, if they don't make the grand, if they well, make, if the they grand, make the grand final, yeah. But the last couple of years, they've just been in a room and whatever else, and just the TV flicks to them or whatever. I'm assuming that's what will happen again. Yeah, I think that's traditionally. Been what happens? Oh, not necessarily. Sometimes you'll see they cl- rock up, but they yeah, but not, not, not they sit there, but they're drinking yeah. water. Yeah, but not not yeah. since COVID. So yeah, right. Okay. So COVID. Uh, what do you that. think about it changing to a Sunday night, boys? Not sounds fine to me. The I brown light. Uh, well, it's been that way, like basically <laughs> since this little COVID period. Anyway, they've had it on Sunday evening. So, I mean, I yeah. Has it? Yep. Okay. And I, uh, the thing is, Monday, I thought it was a major change. Yeah, Monday right. night, I've often got, been to bed before seeing the the Brownlow winner mm. because it's it starts too late. Eight thirty, it starts. It finishes at ten thirty, eleven. Time, bitcher. Well, you get up at four thirty hey, in the morning. I'm sure boy, you want to be. To me, I, I, I can't stand the coverage oh, of it. Well, anyway. that's it. Yeah, you're up at bloody sparrow fart every morning. So yeah. So uh, you know, yeah. and a lot. Of, well, what about a my argument yeah. with the AFL is is same as tonight's game. What times it start? Ten to nine. Ten to eight. Well, so why tomorrow? What what's going on with tomorrow's game? Why are they starting at four thirty five? That's what they've done with the prelims for the last oh, couple of years. They now. want to give oh, them the maximum to recover for the, the oh, grand final mate, of the winner. That now that. Really grinds my gears, hundred percent. But oh, like, I think t- that's just tonight's game. Terrible tonight's yes. game. How many kids are, that are playing footy tomorrow or whatever else mm-hmm. can watch the watch the game? Their stars tonight, starting that late. How many parents will say to the kids, "Yeah, you can sit up and watch the footy till eleven o'clock. No problem, mate. No." They don't. Oh, well, so you, how's you, the you didn't grow up night, in Olympic Ave, did you? Sorry? It's outside of school night. <laughs> yes. There'll be, there'll be how many, plenty how many up kids go play footy tomorrow? There, mate, be when pl- I was a kid, I used to watch Midnight Theatre. I was going to say. Friday night at midnight. I, 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 well, I was very lucky, but on a Sunday night, Mum used to let me stay up to watch the WWF because it was on at 10 o'clock <laughs> when WrestleMania. I remember WrestleMania, I think it was five when... They came at Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. It was a King Kong Bundy. I can't remember. But, mm. yeah, um, look, what were we talking about? Geelong and Collingwood the saying time. they're not going to attend the Brownlow if they both make the grand final. Who are you tipping to win the Brownlow? Oh, look, I, I was going to ask you that because I know you've got to get on your I do, way. I do. And then we'll have a big discussion with me in Sydney. But uh, who are your thoughts before you 
uh, depart the building, Jace. And I'll also, I, well, we'll give you the tips from the two Jasons. Brownlow tip, uh, no, he didn't send them through. He was just whinging about um, Oliver and Cripps. Okay. No, thanks, Jace. Uh, look, yeah, I, I'm with Lockie Neal. I think that he'll do enough to, to win it this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see Paddy Cripps maybe sneak in there. Uh, and Andrew Brayshaw from Fremantle. I don't think there's going to be many that take votes off him. So Brody. Clayton Oliver is another one, and look, he'd probably be the sentimental favourite for me. You, you got an order in like one, two, three, four? Oh, let's do a trifecta. Let's go Neil, Oliver, Brayshaw. There you go. I'd like to see it with Oliver on top, but if you box those up for five bucks, what'll that get you? Stats? Oh, nah, I'm not I'm sure. Really hashtag Campbell responsibly, but yeah, look, that they'd be my my tips tips for this weekend, and I'd, I'd love to talk heaps more about the games, but I'm, I'm going to a presentation night up at the Shepparton Golf Club, but in a, just a couple of moments. Uh, want to see the shirt that he's wearing, ladies and gentlemen. It, it's, it's got big roses all over yeah. the shirt. It's actually quite classy. You'd, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, do they make it for blokes <laughs> as well? <laughs> no, no, I don't <laughs> no, mind No, you don't mind it? Okay, yeah. thank you very, very big much. red roses on a dark yeah, well, blue shirt. You know, a bit of a softie at heart. But yeah, look, oh, gee, tonight's game... Uh, Geelong have been the best side all year. Simple as that. I don't care what anyone says. As much as it pains me to say, they deserve to get to a grand final, but will they? I think Brisbane are a massive chance tonight. Don't be surprised if it comes right down to the wire and hopefully for the sake of the spectacle that this final series has been, we get another real thriller tonight, much to probably the chagrin of the Geelong fans. It'll be hoping and praying that their cats get into a grand final. And, yeah, look, tomorrow, again, look, Sydney should win. They tick all the boxes uh, up at the SCG. Oh, they've got a lot of firepower down forward, and I'm not quite sure that Collingwood will have enough to match up on their tools because there'll be a lot of ball, I think, that gets inside 50 both ways. And I just think that, Sydney have got more goal-kicking options than Collingwood do back down the other end. But it's Collingwood, and anything could happen. So, you know, does the fairy tale continue? We'll wait and see tomorrow night. But I wish everyone all the best. Looking forward to a huge weekend of local footy as well. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you've got the KDL Grand Final Day tomorrow. Hopefully it doesn't pour with rain. And I'll catch you at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning with the Stats Man. We've got a special hour program. So really looking forward to sitting in the chair with you at Marupna Recreation Reserve tomorrow from 9. And Sunday, of course, you've got the GoTafe Golden Valley League's prelim final at Deakin Reserve where your rower take on Mansfield. So, ladies and gentlemen, get to the footy, support it. There's only a couple of weeks left to do it. We had two years without it. Get to the local footy, support it. It's going to be fantastic. I'll we'll go to a sponsor's break. We'll let you, you go, do, Jase. Before you do, I've been listening to the coverage of this KDL. Yes. And it's been fantastic. I've loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the, the what it's done to the KDL League, it's lifted the emphasis on that league. Everybody knows who's playing the grand final there. 
Everybody knows what's been happening. Why? Because they've been listening to you guys, and I think it's fantastic, and I think it's great we do that for the community. Next year, I'd like to see the same again. All right. We'll we'll wait and see. We'll go to a sponsor's break. Thanks for coming in, Jason, this evening. Pat and Tina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GB Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. Welcome back to the opening bounce here at 1FM 98.5. Got a continued discussion about the Brownlow medal, of course, Jason Welch. And thanking Jason for his time this evening. He had a function, had to go away. He likes Lockie Neal for the uh, medal, uh, Brownlow medal, that is, of course, that's going to take place over the course of the weekend. And he's been tearing it up, uh, I thought, for the superstar segment. He goes in favourite to the Brownlow, and he's been having a ripping final series as well. Sydney. Look, I... I think he's probably right. Um, Lockie Neal's had a, a pretty uh, outstanding year. At times, he's been better than his Brownlow year. Uh, and I'm not sure who else will be pinching votes off him. That's the danger there With uh, often is who takes the votes off him. And Brisbane haven't really had that many that have stood out. I, I'm sort of at the start of the season, I picked Oliver to be the my Brownlow medal. And... Um, I think he's going to be right up there. Oh, Oliver. I do too. I, I, do too, I think actually. he's he's in with all you know with his boots and all into it. The, and who's going to take votes off him? At times, Gorn would, but he hasn't had such a great year. At times, Petraka would, but he hasn't had such a great year either. I don't believe. Not in, not Brownlow voting. I don't think for Petraka. Uh, May might pinch a few. There's a few going to pinch a few off him, but I think Oliver's right in it, and, and there. Um, the other one would be Brayshaw from Frio. I think he's, the latter part of his year wasn't as good, though, as his early part. So he's going to be a bit like Cripps. I think by, if you turn, you know, around 9, 10, Cripps is going to be out in front by a mile. And I think Cripps will be, could be on, you know, 15 or 18 votes halfway through. But then the latter half of his year, Cripps fell away. And I think Cripps, um, Brayshaw and Cripps are going to be in the same boat. They'll be there up until it, but they won't get over the line. So it's, I, I think it's out of Oliver and um, Neil for me. Talk Miller any chance from Gold Coast? Oh, yes and no. Did they win enough games? And at times he was heavily, um, you know, crowded by the other team. But he's still a good player, but I'm not sure that he's going to get enough votes. He voted quite well last year, didn't he? What was he... Third or fourth or something? Yeah, something like that last year, yeah. Yeah, which was a pretty good effort in a losing team. They have won more games, so I think he'll be up there, yeah, no doubt. In top five, anyway. Yeah, no, I look, I, I don't think he can win it, but I think he can be top five. I'm, mm. I'm with you there. Look, my, my thoughts on it, I actually agree with Jason. Uh, look, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it's a tie for the first time. I think it was 2003 when we had that uh, four-way tie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the first time since then. Uh, Lockie... Look, I've got Lockie Neal on top for me. What sort, of, what sort of number votes do you think? I I reckon he's going to poll between 28 and 30. Yeah, I don't think it'll go... <laughs> on my tracking? <laughs> I don't think it's going to go overly high. I, 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 I agree with you there. And 28, 25, 28 will be about where it's at. So 
Because there's not a runaway. I don't think there's a runaway person. If it is, it's going to be Lockie Neal. If yeah. your votes went like they say, then he could win it by th- four or five. You see, I can I can have him between the ranges of 28 to 30 votes. And then I've sort of got Oliver between the range of 27 to 29. So, you know, they're going to have to find... Well, Oliver's going to have to find something that uh, I, I haven't seen somewhere, yeah. which happens in, on Brownlow night. It you know, does. what it we does. expect sometimes they get, they don't get. And other times what we don't expect, that they, they actually poll. So, but I, I've actually... I'll show me hand. I've actually had a little something on both Gamble responsibly. Because uh, I think they're both good value. Uh, well, I got Oliver at $6 a couple of weeks ago and, and then uh, Lockie Neal. I mean, me, they're the two standouts for me. Andrew Brayshaw, I think, will finish in third. And I've got him tracking around between that 25 to 27 vote mark. And then I've got Paddy Cripps tracking around the same in yeah. fourth. Yeah, you know, bit with Paddy as he dropped away a fair bit. But that first half a dozen games, I'm sure he'll get three votes in all of them. He was outstanding then. Uh, and then Welsh sort of got going and maybe Welsh, might, the few others there might take a few votes off of Cripps. He is such a dominant player for them. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think he can get enough to get over the line. Is there any Smokies at all this year, Sydney? Is there anyone that could come from the clouds that we, we're not even talking about or in our thoughts currently? I had to think on this the other day, and I, I see if you look at the other teams, who did who's done well, even in a losing team. You got Tuke Miller, of course. Yes, uh, anybody from West Coast? No, I couldn't see anybody from West Coast. Port Adelaide? Well, Ollie Wines didn't have the year he had last year. There's a couple there, but I don't think there's anyone going to pop up there. West, uh, Adelaide for sure not. Bulldogs? Dunkley maybe, but. At times, he was a bit average. You know, he didn't get enough of the ball. Saints, definitely not, unless it's Sinclair. He, he could probably win the Saints one. Nobody from North, no. Um, you know, Melbourne, well, you've got Oliver. I'm not, not sure anybody else. Collingwood, what about Collingwood? It's a team performance at Collingwood again, yeah, isn't it? it is, yeah. So I don't think there's anybody going to pop up out of Collingwood. So, no, I think it's out of those top half a dozen that, that it's going to come from. When you look at it from a marketing uh, perspective... Like so, you got Neil at three dollars, Oliver at three fifty, Cripps at four fifty, Brayshaw at eight, Miller at nine, and then at sixty seven after that, sixty seven dollars. Yeah. So that should. So yeah, there's a big separation uh, between the people, well, the, the the main five, the big chances, and, and the rest. Yep, yep. So, and we haven't had a look. The last time there was a real big smoker was was a Keith Gregg. I think that'd be the last one that really popped up out of nowhere. Brad Hardy. Yeah, oh, that was pretty big too. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, that was pretty big. Why Woden? Well, yeah, yeah, probably too. Yep, but not as much as the others. I don't think. I think he was mentioned around a bit, but the others weren't. So, who are your thoughts? What's your top four? Oh, I, I'm hoping for Oliver, but so it'll be Neil Oliver. And Brayshaw's got to be in there. And then I'd, I'd like to slip in Cripps, but I don't think he's got a real big show. Yeah, look, this is my top four. Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver, Andrew Brayshaw from Fremantle, and uh, Paddy Cripps. Not Tuke Miller. Tuke. Yeah, he's my fifth. I'll yeah. slot him in the in the fifth position. He's an outstanding specimen of a guy, isn't he? You have a, it, it, when he, we went down to see the Saints game against... 
them. He is muscled to the... He's just... Physique is fantastic. Terrific. He's just like a gun little footballer and he has a red-hot go for the Suns. And I think he's the heart and soul of the club. He should be their next captain in my mind. Now, Sydney, have you got any spuds this evening or do we shelve the segment? No, no the segment is gone because we, anybody that's going to get them now is, you know, you've got two games on. It's not fair. Not fair? No. I could pick out a few that should have should have got them probably, but I didn't look at that. I should look at that for you if you like. So we're uh, planting the spuds for a we're, new year. We're planting the spuds at the moment, yes. No worries. Well, we might go into Sydney then if uh, we've got no spuds to talk about. We might go into the games. We can. Uh, this weekend. So we'll have a look at these particular pre- preliminary finals here at 1FM 98.5 Live and Local. Not forgetting, Peter Cardamone will be on the night for the National Indigenous Radio Service as they, Geelong, take on the Lions live, of course, from the MCG this evening. The lineups this evening, Sydney, I think you'll find that Geelong, when I get it up in the system, and for some reason the internet has decided not to allow me to do so, but now it looks like I am... Mark, Mc- Mark O'Connor was yep. the sub for Cat, so he's out or going to sit the sub again. Over at Brisbane, Joe Dan Hur's in and Oscar McInerney's back in. <coughs> Darcy Smart admitted, admitted. Reese Matheson met his sub last week and Tom Fullerton has been admitted. So Darcy Ford out, Tom Fullerton out, Joe Dan Hur and Oscar McInerney. So two big guys coming in. What's the weather going to be like down there for the, tonight's game stats? I'll tell you, Sydney. Because you know. that does make a difference. They've gone pretty tall then, Brisbane. I haven't really checked out the Melbourne weather. I'll be more worried about the local weather. Well, uh, for tonight, showers easing and uh, it will get to an overnight minimum of nine degrees. It's saying showers easing and uh, they'll be back a little later. So, But it's been, I think, raining so the Pretty ground's going to be slippery. Melbourne. Yep. I, I think the ground, the MCG, does dry quickly, but it still will be slippery. With such a big, then they're, they're a big team now, um, Brisbane. They've got a lot of height in there, and so that may be a concern for them. The Cats, let's look at the Cats first. Terrific season they've had. What have they won in a row? 14, is it in a row? There's something like that, Sydney, yeah. So that's it, a great run, and they've looked the goods. They've had a week off. Will that hurt them? That's a question we need. We may find out tonight. The back line for Bris- the Cats is solid. Tui, he can go backwards and forwards. He's a great swing man. And when they picked him up from Carlton, there's a lot of people who said, oh, what are they picking that old guy up for? He's, but he's been a gun. He's a great kick. He's an Irishman. We won't hold that against him. We love him. Uh, Sam DeConing is a young kid that takes the big guys. And I think he's had a terrific year. Well done to him. Zach Guthrie. This is his first time he's really played. They've allowed, given him a, more than one or two games in a row, and I think he's played 18 or 19 games this year for him. So for a kid, I think he does very nicely. Picks up the little guys, and he's likely to end up on, on the you know the, the the main goal sneak for Brisbane tonight. Jack Henry stands up. He needs to get a bit bigger to be really their full their centre half back, and then you've got the best defender in the league in Tom Stewart. I think he's the best defender. Cut off, takes marks, does everything. Ablett, he has not been as good since he came back from his suspension, but he is still the best around. Centres for Cats, Smith, Selwood, Atkins. Solid, not great, but solid. Half forwards is Brad Close, Jeremy Cameron, who is 
one of, if not the best forward in my mind in the league at the moment. The Cats gave up a lot to get him, but he's paying it back in spades, so good on him. Mitch Duncan, we know he can kick a goal, that bloke, gee. Tyson Stendhal, I think he's the pickup of the year, you know, the trade of the year or whatever you want to call that. I think he's been awesome for Cats. Tom Hawkins hasn't been overly great, but he's been okay. Just what you expect out of a full forward. And Gary Rowan, he, he had the first forward, first finals performance he's done that he can hold his head up high. He was outstanding against the Pies. Interchange, Collard Ashney, Bleak Haves, Max Holmes and Grind Moyers. So that's a solid team. You have a look at Brisbane, Darcy Garner, Daniel McStay and, and Daniel Rich. Won't play in those positions, but that's a, a, a big side there in the back line. McStay, he won't play back line, will he? Full back? Oh, he could go into the ruck at times and, yeah. and maybe be defensive that way, but you'd expect he'd probably play more up forward, wouldn't you? I would you? have thought so, yeah. Brandon Starsvich, Harris Andrews and and Coleman, Kyden Coleman, he was, he's, he's a good kicker. Yeah, he's kid. a really good player. Yeah. I've really been impressed with him across halfback. He's I, been really good. In the final against you blokes, I think he had 100% efficiency with his kicking. That's outstanding. That's really good. There, Then you go in the middle, you've got the guy that should have been suspended, Zach Bailey. Uh, Jared Berry, I mean. He should have been suspended. Zach Bailey's there in the Calamarchi. It's just a midfield. It's not over great. Half forwards is the dirty man Zorko. Eric Hipwood, who is... He's, he's got to be close to being a player of the final series. I think his kicking's been outstanding. He's been marking. You know, like, he's often been able to mark but not finish his work. And he's been finishing off, and that's why they're playing at a preliminary final. I think all, it comes down to him. I think he's been terrific. Lincoln McCarthy wasn't so good last time, but he is better. He always kicks one or two goals. Great mark for a little bloke. Used to be a cat, you know that. Uh, then you, your full forward is Jack Payne, Danaher and Charlie Cameron. Well, I think Zach Guthrie will go to Charlie Cameron. That's who I'd send to him. Young bloke, got the speed, got the fitness to keep up with him. In the rucks, Oscar McInerney, Lockie Neal and Hugh McLeod. It's a good, it's a good follower there. It's terrific. Interchange, David Robertson, Cam Rayner, Noah Ainsworth and Darcy Wilmont. Look, uh, there's not a lot of big names for Brisbane. This is where we came to early, you know, all season, we've said it. There's not a lot of big names in there, but what they do is they play as a team. They have a crack. I love their coach. I love the way he speaks to them. When they do the wrong thing or it's not going right, he lets them know. Now, the rest of the time, he covers them in love. He, he puts his arm around them. He has a great relationship with his players. And that's why Brisbane are now playing off in a preliminary final because he's lifted them, he's carried them, and he's done a terrific job there for them. The Cats, they got, you know, it, everything's just ticking along the same. They've pl planned to play off in this preliminary final. They want to win it. Their record's not great in preliminary and finals football. They've rested players along the way. They've rested the danger fields and these sort of players along the way, the Selwoods and whatever. They had a week off the whole team. They played a scratch match last weekend to prepare for this week. And, look, frankly, I'm still on the Cats. I, I just think they're better, more talent. But are they a team? Have they, you know, missing that week of football, does that affect them stats? 
I don't know if I gave the odds out, Sydney, but I'll do it now anyway. Uh, Geelong are $1.28, Brisbane of $3.70, and the Lions $22.50. $3.70? Yeah, they're $3.70, Brisbane. Wow. And have had a good recent record against Geelong as well. well I wouldn't have thought there'd be that much difference. Maybe it? Lorraine, though. If it's raining down there, you've got to think that would favour Geelong. I would think it would, because that's a pretty tall lineup that the Brisbane have got there. Like you go through it. Darcy Gardner's a big guy. McStay's big. Harris Andrews. Uh, you go down a bit further, you've got Hipwood. Then you've got Danaher. Then you've got Oscar McInerney. You've got, uh, you know, there's, there's Jack Payne's a big guy as well. So they've got a lot of height in their team, Brisbane. And if it's wet and slippery, that will allow an advantage to the Cats, I would think. Now, I just had a text message through from... Uh, Jason Asplin. He mm. just wanted to give out his Brownlow vote. So we'll just oh, rewind yeah. a little bit yep. and go back to the Brownlow just for a minute. Uh, now, he says he uh, crips the Brownlow. Uh, Bradshaw could win. I'm not on Oliver or Neil had too many votes stolen off them. I agree with him, Oliver, that could be the case, but certainly don't agree with him on Lockie Neal. That mm. being the case there. Because who's going to take him there? Yeah, oh, I don't understand where he's going. Like McCluggage, he played a half reasonable year. Charlie Cameron maybe, but only inconsistently. They haven't had a lot of consistent people that have been outstanding enough to pinch the votes off him. That's the problem I have there. And he's got uh, Prittis down there. I'm assuming that's for a roughie. Who? Prittis. Prittis. He's just got the name Prittis, so I'm assuming that's a roughie. Who's he when he's home? <laughs> yeah, well... I'm I'm not sure what he's meaning with that, but uh, yeah. Oh, we well, we were talking about odd bods jumping up for Brownlow. Yeah, that's who he's saying. Prittis there, Prittis, he jumped yeah. up. Yeah, good call, Jace. Yeah, now I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he jumped up and won a Brownlow as well, and that was a bit out of the blue. So, what are your thoughts on the Cats and Brisbane stats? Cats and Brisbane. Yeah, um, I think he means Prittis for this medal. No, no, we were talking about who's popped up and been like, who won a Brownlow and shouldn't have been in the voting or whatever. Prittis won at, what, 2000 and whatever? I don't know. Um, but he wasn't mentioned beforehand and he jumped up and won it. So it's his one that we're, we're saying jumped up. Make I'll sense? I'll have a look at that. Yeah, I'll just go through that. What we might do is, gee, I just wish people when they're not in the studio, just hands off the steering wheel. Like, <laughs> just stay out. Just go do your thing. If you, Anyway, but um, yeah, we'll work that out during the sponsors break. I'll look in. Well, actually, we can't go to a sponsors break. I've already used the two for this hour. So we're just going to have to go straight in to the prelim final what? on Saturday evening. Well, who are you picking for Cats and Brisbane stats? He's, he's off with the fairies at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Stats has lost the plot. Statsman. Earth to Statsman. Yeah, he's the dark horse for the exactly. Brownlow. Yep. Who are you picking Cats and Brisbane? Well, let's go and see the sides first, Sydney. I'm just totally thrown here at the moment. Like, <laughs> You've lost it. Yeah, like it's just I've actually look. I've just lost my screen altogether. Mm -hmm. um, have you got the screen in front of you? Yes, I do. Look, I'll go to the odds because I've written those down. Uh, the Sydney Swans are a dollar forty-two. Collingwood are two dollars ninety. Line 17 and a half. I'm just going to turn my phone around so I don't get any more <laughs> because it's just absolutely annoying. Uh, with the Swans, there's no late change, no changes. 
Braden Campbell was the Medi sub, and I'm assuming he either is or someone will come in there. And for Collingwood, Josh Carmichael was the Medi sub, and so they haven't named anyone new. So I'm assuming both of those will still be the same there. Interesting game stats. A very interesting game. Sydney won this one by, what, 27 points five weeks ago? Something like that. And um, they look great. They did very nicely against Melbourne. They did very nicely and played a similar style when they played Freo up at Freo and beat them by controlling the ball. That's how they beat Melbourne. They kept control of the ball and I thought they did really nicely. It wasn't a problem with the way they did the game. Melbourne sort of handed it to them by being inept in their forward line, really. The Swans, they've gone on a bit of a signing spree as well this week. They've signed up Paddy McCartan, Tom McCartan. These sort of guys, they signed on new contracts, which was good for those guys. Paddy McCartan's been a real fine for them at centre-half back or wherever they play him there. And Tom, he's a bit up and down, but he's still only a bit of a kid yet, so I think there's room for him. Rampy always plays well above his own size. Half-back lines, Florent, Robbie Fox, Jake Lloyd, solid. Lloyd hasn't been the effect he was a couple of years ago. He was the best backman in the league two years ago, and now he's just a normal backman. Centres, Stevens, Callum Mills, who was terrific against Melbourne, Errol Goulden, Young bloke still coming on half forwards. Isaac Heaney is one of the better forwards. Small forwards in the league. Can mark, can kick goals. Terrific. The old bloke, Sam Reid. Hasn't he done well this year? After a guy that continually was injured, missed so much football, but now he's standing up <coughs> and he's doing, excuse me, he's doing very well, Sam Reid. And then Will Hayward, who can kick a goal or two, that chap. Full forwards, you've got Papley, who I thought was fantastic against Melbourne. Big Lance, who will... He'll always kick you two or three goals. Is he a match winner now, though? That's the question you've got to ask. Ryan Clark in the forward line. Followers, Hickey's okay. I, I don't mind Hickey. I think he's he's not the best ruckman in the league, but he's pretty solid and he, he can kick a goal when he gets a chance. So I think he's okay. James Robot and then Luke Parker. What a great there. Interchange, Nick Blakey, Chad Warner, who's... There's a lot of people who are sort of dark horsing him for the Brownlow, weren't they? Had a good finish to the year, but anyway. Well, I can tell you Prittis won it in 2014, Matty Prittis of West Coast. Yep. So, yeah, he was a roughie. He was a roughie. Yeah, that's what Jason was pointing at. Justin McInerney there and Luke McDonald, Logan McDonald, who can kick a goal or two. Well done. Over at Collingwood, we're not going to a lot of big names now. Scott Pendleby, Father Time's almost got him, but he's still a really good, a really good contributor. And he's one of those ones that coach and teach the young players coming on. Darcy Moore had a great game last week. I thought he was fantastic. Been sick all week through the week he was, and then he came out and was terrific. Nathan Murphy, he's still a young bloke coming on. Nick Dacos, Jeremy Howe. Isn't he a player, that Jeremy Howe? I think he's a great mark. He's a good defender. And he's not a real big bloke. Jack Crisp was good last week. Centres, Josh Dacos, who's had a good year for him. I think he's, he's, he's come of age this year. Patrick Lipinski, he's solid. Nothing special, but solid. Bianco's the same. Half forward, you've got Jamie Elliott, the, your old boy. He, he's, a, he's a little gun, uh, and they need him firing for the, to get this one over. I still have my doubts whether Darcy Cameron's your first ruck stats. Uh, uh, Set half forward or full forward, he's okay. He takes a mark or two, kicks a goal or two. Bo McCreary, not bad. Full forward, you've got Jordan Ngoi, Majacek, Hoskin Elliott, who had a good game last week, I thought, Hoskin Elliott. He often goes missing for you, but he was, he was solid last week. Followers, you've got Mason Cox who likes to play in the big games, doesn't he? Takes some big marks in a good game, and he plays okay. And you need him to stand up 
against Hickey. That's that's going to be a real match-up to see. Braid Maynard, still side-bottom. Interchange, Quainer, John Noble, Jack Ginnivan, Ash Johnson. I like Ash Johnson. I think he's got a future ahead of him. Yeah, he, he was he a bit off radar straight. last week, though, wasn't he? Yeah, and it's the first time I've seen him off kicking. And, and in that first final against Geelong, he sort of tried to play on when he should have had a, a set shot on goal. I reckon he's just... He's a great player. I've really liked him this year, but I just think in the final so far, he's just lost a little bit of composure. Yes, you're right, but he's only played eight games. Yeah, and that's true, and that's, and that's fair. That is the and problem. And you're fair in saying that. Yeah, so you can't knock the guy, but I'm sure the coaching and the players would have got around and they said, look, come on now, you don't have to win the game yourself. You just have to do your job. You have to take the mark, kick the goal when you get the chance. We know you can do that. We have full confidence in you. That's how they would have talked to him all week. <laughs> <clears throat> tried to settle him down. I'm looking forward to this game. It, it, you're right, Sydney would... What, what was the odds again? Sydney were the favourites, weren't they? Yeah, they were the favourites. Sydney were $1.42. Collingwood, two ninety line seventeen and a half. Two ninety. yeah. I still think that's fair value. Because what, I, what I'm, I've seen last week from Collingwood, they can bring that, that overall team performance. The pressure they will exert on Sydney will be immense. Now, Sydney, we know they're good at that. They don't mind that. Yeah, And if uh, Collingwood allow them that dinky little kicks around the back half-back line, the wing line and whatever else, Collingwood will get beaten. Yep. Because if, but if they let, they've got a man up, they've got to stop that run from Sydney and then take the ball back and cut across the ground, take the ball forward at their breakneck speed. It's a little uh, – I'm not. it's not the same, but it's a little Richmond-ish, isn't it? The way they oh, – Up, chaos up front, it definitely is. In the front half of Collingwood, it's very much of the Richmond mould. Yeah, and, and that's good for a team that doesn't have key forwards or doesn't have power key forwards. That's a great way to play your footy. I love that. And I'm, I've really enjoyed watching Collingwood play. And so I'm actually going to tip Collingwood just I mean, because I'm in. I mean, when you look at them, I suppose the big... Excuse me. I suppose the big thing this year is last year they, they tried to keep possession and pinpoint a player. This year they're kicking not necessarily to a player... But they're kicking to open space yep. and backing the Collingwood uh, mids to run onto the football on the wings. And then they go in forward. Absolutely love it. This is what we were saying was wrong with Buckley's coaching. He wasn't. He had the same players there. There's not nothing much new there. He had the same players. It was just his game plan was a disaster. Because he wanted to well, kick sideways. He wanted to keep control of it. He wanted not, to do not, all in not the entirely, back. Not entirely, Sydney. I mean, he was only a goal off missing a grand final in 2018. And basically, McRae has kept the, the same back six. And if you look at it closely, they basically do the same things as under Buckley. Maybe. But the, 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 the style of play that they're playing... Is they uh, don't, forward's different. The completely. midfield's totally different. Yeah, the midfield is, is a bit different as well. Like I totally. said, they got that, that, that run-on mm. style where mm. they kick to open space and back their mids... To, to win the contest and get the ground ball Absolutely. Gap. So when the, what, what Buckley wanted to do was control the game and keep it in the midfield, a half-back line and whatever else. When he went to go forward, though, he, they took too long to get it there and then the, your forwards were, were backed up. There was always backmen on them. There was two or three on your key forwards, which stopped you from allowing, being able to score. Now... They move the ball to the midfield. They scream it through the run, run it on, and then get it up the forward line. And you notice how often you've got three or four players only in the midfield in your forward line. Why? Because they've moved the ball so fast, the other team hasn't been able to block up that your forward line, so that there's no options. 
And that's why you're winning games, because you're not wasting the time in the midfield or the back line. So I, I love the way Collingwood are doing I'm absolutely impressed with their, their, their style. I'm, and I, I went down to the last game of the year and seen Sydney, St Kilda Sydney, and I wasn't overly impressed with Sydney. So maybe on the day they just thought we could play in finals anyway, it doesn't matter. Is the SCG a big advantage, though, to them? I mean, they're beating Collingwood in recent times there. Eh? Yeah, it is. But look at the overall this year. Sydney have lost a few games on the SCG this year. Early in the year, they lost quite a few there. In fact, they were struggling to get a crowd there because they weren't winning at home. What do you think of Craig McRae putting his hand up and saying in their last <laughs> loss at the SCG, he actually got it wrong tactically in the dimensions of the ground? And this week, I believe, they've trained to the dimensions of the SCG. It just shows that he's a coach that can accept he makes mistakes. He can accept that we can do things better and he learns from what happens. So I think that's terrific. Yeah, that's I what thought you, it was too. That's to what honest. you want to yeah. hear out of a coach. The other thing I really liked hearing from the coach was last week when you got beaten um, and a couple of players lied on the ground or whatever else, he, he said, we don't do that here. Yeah, that, you stand I, I up, you're that not too. beaten. J- Jason Asplin didn't. He thought that, that they can be human. Yeah, they can be human, but do that behind closed doors. You keep your head held high. The, the only time it's acceptable is probably grand if you final. Lose a grand final. Yeah, I can accept it then because you are done. Yeah. You are a loser that day. Yeah. But last week you weren't a loser. You, you lost that alive. game, but yeah. you're still alive. So yeah. I, I love the way he stood up. He told his players. I love the philosophy behind that. Yep, me too. Absolutely. Can't, can't fault it. In fact, so I think you've picked a good coach there. Really good coach. Who are you picking for the weekend stats? Look, I'm, I'm going to go Geelong. Right. Although. I'm starting to waver a little bit, but uh, look, I think a couple of things. It is at the MCG. I know Jason, and he's right, pointing out they've won one game in 2014, uh, since 2014, but it's one game. Sid, it's one game and a lot of losses at the MCG. What was it, by 10 or 12 points or something, 12 points or whatever? Yeah. It wasn't a big win. So, like, look, I'm thinking Geelong. Um, I, I just think, I think Brisbane... Might have played their final last week, just like Fremantle did the week before. And I, I, I think Geelong are just more measured. Mm. I think if it's, especially if it's going to be tight, they'll have the composure probably more than Brisbane will have the composure. Now, yes, I know they won at the Gabba in a, a close contest against Richmond. But that was, you know, it was phonetic. And they got the luck of the draw on that day. It wasn't a composure thing. Well, Collingwood did the same. When Geelong played Collingwood, wasn't it? They they just got you at the end. They happened to be in front at the end. Yeah, but it was no. But I, I felt in that. Thing. I felt it was a little bit different. I felt in that game late, Geelong kept their composure better and made better decisions with that composure than Collingwood did late. After Dugowie came in and kicked that goal, you were in front. With a couple of minutes to go, you probably should have won that. But the way these games have been going backwards and forwards, it happened that Geelong were in front after the siren. So yeah, there was a couple of critical things Geelong did after that, though. That particularly in regards to uh, Cameron on the wing, in particular, that uh, uh, coming out of forward fifty and, and running up and hitting up on the wing, they just kept their composure and they kept their feet mm. in mm. the critical stages. So you're on the Cats against Brisbane? Yeah, I am on Geelong. Um, look, I, I just have me doubts about Collingwood at the SCG, I've got to be honest. Look, I, I've taken Collingwood because I always do. So, um, But 
like if I was a neutral, and as much as I hope Collingwood get into the grand final, of course I do, I think it's going to be a hard ask. I really rate the Sydney Swans. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, and Collingwood have been gallant and brilliant and, you know, come what may, they've already in their history climbed the ladder and gone past the, uh, they've climbed the ladder and in their history have cl- taken the most steps up in their history from 17th to if they lose, they'll finish fourth. So, um, yeah, I just think that, yeah, it's, uh, I just think it might be a slight bridge too far, pardon the pun, with the Sydney Harbour for Collingwood going to the SCG. A fair call. Like it's a, it's a 50-50 game and I'm looking forward to that one more than I am tonight. It's a game. Okay, Sydney, any final thoughts on the opening bounce? Uh, look, no, basically I'm just looking forward to another big weekend of footy. I've been impressed with the games we've had so far. There's been no blowouts. There's been no ragged games that you're sick of and hope that finishes soon. The games have been alive and electric and I've loved it. I'm looking forward to two big games this week. One the next week and then I'm going to cry for six months because there's no footy. <laughs> yeah, no, and just before we do close it out... Going to talk about tomorrow's agenda at 9 o'clock in the morning. We'll kick off the KDL Grand Final Day, of course. Under-18s, Nagambi taking on Lancaster. In the reserves, Avenal taking on Lancaster. And in the seniors uh, at 2.15 uh, tomorrow afternoon at Marupna Recreation Reserve, Murchison Talamba taking on Lancaster. So three sides for Lanky for the Wombat. So congratulations Big on them. Big year for them. Big yeah, year in for them. Getting into the finals. They, and then, good last week. And just to mention to the netball girls as well, Tally Garutna take on Duke United at 2pm on the netball courts at the Marupna Recreation Reserve. And then on Sunday, we will be at Deakin Reserve for the prelim final. Yaroa taking on Mansfield, winner to meet Echuca next weekend. Uh, just that game here, the Clabram Grand Final tomorrow, both teams... Uh, you, you wouldn't have picked either of these probably to be in the, in your t- grand final, would you, at the start of the year? Murchison to Lamba, maybe. Mm. Uh, they were touted top three at the start of the year. Lancaster probably were touted top eight. Yep. Um, not so sure if many had them in the grand final, but they Most would have had Avenal, Sheppies. Yeah, Avenal were up there, Sheppies were up there. But I will say this about Lanky. It was a bit of a surprise, really, because... They finished on top in 2021 before COVID shut everything down. Right. So, yeah, it might have been they might have been undersold, Lanky. They, they might have won that year and then still been a power club. So they've kept a lot of players and done well. Yep. I'm looking forward to listening tomorrow. I'll be right on the radio stats. No worries. We're going to stand by now to go to the National Indigenous Radio Service. Live from the MCG, Geelong are warm favourites against, of course, Brisbane with Peter Cardamone. In, of course, the call chair this evening. Can't wait for this one. We'll play the theme and you will be at the G for Geelong taking on Brisbane. Loser out, winner into a grand final for 2022. Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.